I want to talk about diversification a little more. I titled the previous episode Diversification 101, so maybe I'll title this Diversification 102. I want to get a little bit more in depth um, on diversification, but I don't want to start talking about it from a mathematical perspective. Now, we could go down that route, but it's difficult in the context of a podcast. I'd probably have to have a video or some kind of lecture approach where I could show you the data. You need to see the data. And lastly, it may not be the most appropriate way of communicating the knowledge I want to communicate. If, if a story is sufficient and it makes sense enough, why should I have to present you with the data? Well, that doesn't always make sense. Sometimes the story is beautiful, but I still want to see the data. It's tough. But... I guess what I'm getting at is the story should be good too. If it's just the data and you don't have a story that's tenuous, then the data needs to be very strong. But if you have a data, the data and the story in life, in anything, in science, in anything, you always need a good story. You always need a good story. Without a good story, nothing is going to work out okay. Always need a good story. So I focus on the story here because I focus so much on the data before that I realize how, uh, how kind of how almost useless it is relative to the story for some things. In this case, if I'm trying to convince you about the importance of thinking about global diversification, if I'm trying to get you to uh, to start thinking about how are you exposed globally to the markets, what countries are you exposed to mostly, what countries are you exposed to very little, what countries are you exposed to relative to their contribution to global GDP. I want you to start thinking about those things. If I want that, I could do it with data, but if you're not a very data-oriented person, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough thing to do. But the story, I think the story will be will be easier. It may be less robust in some senses, but in other senses, it's far more robust. So, I don't agree with the fact that it's definitely less robust. So let me get into it, kind of talk more about the story. So, when you diversify, you're diversifying across more than just companies. Because it is my deep, deep belief that when, you, when you're in a society like ours and you're investing and you're kind of valuing a company, let's say you're using discounted cash flow analysis and you have a really good DCF model, there's so many assumptions that go into that beyond the actual assumptions. So, so there's different tiers of assumptions. The first tier is the actual things you put into the model. So your market risk premium. What, what are you going to choose for the market risk premium? How are you going to do it? Are you going to just take Oswath Demodoron's market risk premium? That's a reasonable thing to do. Are you going to do it on your own? Or are you going to figure it out on your own somehow? When, you, um, when you're looking at growth rates for, for revenue, when are you going to decide to take it to steady state growth and not have high growth? Say you're valuing a high growth company and at some point you need to take it to steady state growth in your model. When will you do that? When are you going to take it to steady state growth? Are you going to do it in five years, 10 years? That's a big, big, uh, big assumption. Or your discount rate. What kind of discount rate are you going to use? These are some major assumptions. Then there's other assumptions, more minor assumptions. But even beyond those assumptions, there's a third tier of assumptions. And those aren't quantitative assumptions. They're, they're the assumptions that allow you to sit down into an Excel file, do that analysis, and have a belief. And I use this word carefully. I don't use all my words carefully, but this one I do. 
And I said, have a belief. So you sit down, you do your DCF. And again, you have a belief. So this is truly, it's quasi-religious. It's in the same space as religion, right? Because your belief, it's a true belief. You're believing that the value you obtain from your DCF model if it's correct, now we don't know if it's correct or not. That, that's also a belief. If you believe that your thing is correct or if it's correct within certain boundaries that you'd like it to be correct in, whatever. So you think that if it's correct, regardless of whether it is, you think that if it is, if you if it, if you put not not even if you put enough effort, because maybe it's not dependent on effort, but just the concept of correctness, the idea of correctness, that if it could possibly be correct, and maybe for you. Maybe for you, it can never be correct. Maybe you're so dumb or you're so inept or incapable. That'll never be correct. Maybe you're always going to get the wrong assumption here or there. Maybe you're, the, you're a genius, but you always get one little, little, little assumption wrong. This, this important assumption you always miss, even though you're the smartest guy ever. So who knows? There could be a lot of reasons why for you it may never work. And then it may work for you. Who knows? That's irrelevant. It's the idea that you believe that if... If it's possible, if I get it right, that somehow the world will over time begin to move towards the reality that's represented in this Excel file. So I will, I know reality for what it is, and the world, may, may, maybe it's a certain, well, <laughs> I'm assuming that it's off, right? I'm assuming that you, when you do your DCF now, I'm assuming that the actual stock price is going to be higher or lower. So... Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's exactly correct. Maybe you do your DCF and you're like, oh my God, the stock is perfectly priced. But more likely, it's either going to be higher or lower. Whatever it is, you believe that if it's higher or lower, that over time it'll get closer to your your value, your modeled value for a share of the company. You believe that because there's certain principles that you have deep inside you that you're not even aware of because you grew up in a western society or a society with general order and maybe rule of law maybe not depends where you came from depends where you are now but you have a belief this 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 post-industrial post-renaissance western belief in order in rationality and in the con in, in the concept that in the idea that tomorrow no one's going to come and take over everything. No one's just going to come and just go crazy tomorrow and take over all your property and take over the city you live in, take over the country. You, you trust that there's a certain stability in place that you can count on things. That trust is very important. And part of that trust is derived from the political system you live in. And part of that trust helps maintain the political system you live in it's a cycle both ways so the political order depends on certain trust and if there's more trust the political system and political order has a better chance of affecting of affecting the country in positive ways and there's if there's less trust that chance diminishes you you're more you have a more likely situation that the government or the political order will affect things in negative ways so that trust impacts the political order and the way the political order itself is the way the governing body currently is the way the governing group currently is the way the power currently is also impacts your level of trust it influences your level of trust meaning some they could do something where your trust would go up or they could do something your trust would go down and by they i mean whoever is in charge and Whoever's in charge is just a group of monkeys always. It's not, again, we're not, that's not personifying anything because 
there's not really anything to personify. When you talk about the government, which you're really talking about at the first principles level, at the level that will allow you to see things most clearly, and then you could build up, and then you could create stories off that first principle thing, and say, oh, now we have a Congress, we have a legislature, we have a president, and create all these stories. But at the first principle level, it's just a bunch of monkeys in power, but literally a bunch of sapiens in power, optimizing for whatever they're optimized for. That's all there is. They're doing their thing. That's it. And then when they all come together and do their thing, some, some other order is formed. But it's not like any one of them has that order in mind. It, it's quite different than that most of the time. So where am I going with this? Why am I talking about all these political things? So you have you have political you have these underlying political assumptions, right? You have you have them always. So if you're in the U.S. or you're in a- an Asian country, an African country, Latin American country, wherever you are, wherever you are, you're gonna be sitting down to this Excel file to do your DCF model with certain assumptions, with a certain understanding of how things work. So say you're living in a very repressive regime. Say say you're in Iran actually. Say you're in Iran where there, a few years ago, a lot of insurance companies were undervalued. And you had a lot of Western people saying, why don't we invest? Well, let's invest in those companies, right? And Iran is repressive in certain ways, but in, in the financial sector, and I don't know how repressive it is, but you have Western people applying Western paradigms and saying, how could it be? When the price earnings ratio of everything else is like 20, why is the price earnings ratio of all these really like revenue good revenue generating profitable iranian companies so low in the like below 10 sometimes below five ridiculous deals seemingly ridiculous deals but again that's iran and you're you're going with the western paradigm the the people that are investing in iran they probably have i'm hoping they do and i i i I bet they do I'm, i'm sure they do they have much more knowledge about iran and the rule of law and political order and property rights in iran and what could be done with their equity stake in a company versus what could be done with your equity stake in any company as you invest so th- that may play a role and i don't know how i'm not saying i'm not saying it does i'm just saying that's that's a possibility so if i was in china if i was in india even if i was in another western country like i don't know, france spain or if i was in another english speaking country like new zealand australia or or the United Kingdom, even there, I would take a step back and say, okay, my my U.S.-based, my U.S.-grounded assumptions, are they still relevant here, or are they not? But an easier way to do this is just to not go there, to sit here and just buy their stocks, buy their ETFs, and allow other people to make those decisions for me, and to just broaden myself and expose myself to, to the global market. The reason I'm talking about this is that you don't know which political assumptions and which political system is the most correct. How do you know that the 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 current order here, the current approach here, the current way of life here is the best one, and it's going to continue to be the best one over the next hundred years? What if what if Indian stocks outperform all other stocks on average over the next 25, 30 years, 50 years? What if? I don't know. But what if they do? I don't know what's going to happen. None of us know the future. But what if they do? Just because they have a lot of rule of law and certain certain cultural things in place there and certain just ways of living that are different than anywhere else. And chi- maybe China will grow. Maybe China won't grow because they have less rule of law. Who knows? That they, I, can t- I can answer you. I can give you the answer to that question to who knows. The answer is no one. No one knows. That's why it's useful to diversify globally because you're diversifying 
not only across firms, you're, diversif- uh, you're diversifying across ways of life. Um, you're diversifying across ways of doing business, about ways of approaching business and commerce. Th- that's a very deep level of diversification. And that's not, it's something that's very easily accessible. You could just buy, buy, a, buy a foreign ETF and you could basically be diversified across the globe and be exposed to all sorts of companies, but more importantly, all sorts of ways of living, all sorts of approaches to business. So you, you could be exposed to uh, an approach an approach to business that is terrible, that just stifles business, that's just way worse than what we have in the U.S. But you can also be, you can also be exposed to ways of business that are intensely free and open, and that intensely and consistently promote wealth building, wealth building and wealth creation, and drive innovation. And and maybe that's happening way more than in the U.S. Maybe right now we have a lot of innovation in the U.S. That's the thing. And right now, U.S. is doing very well economically relative to other parts of the world. But the whole point is that you don't know what the future holds. The diversification comes not in looking at it today, but in the acknowledging that you don't know what the future holds. That's where the diversification comes in, in the acknowledging that you don't know what the future holds and in having the ability to sit in that acknowledgement and accept it and say, yeah, I don't know. And because of that, I need to structure my portfolio in certain ways where I'm not too concentrated in any one thing. I'm not too concentrated in any one company, but I'm not also not too concentrated in any one country. But by that we mean I'm not too concentrated on any by, by country when we say that we have to package of things we mean. One of those things is I'm not too concentrated on a certain geography. Another one, I'm not too concentrated on a certain culture or way of life or way of living. Another one, I'm not too concentrated on a certain political system so you want to diversify truly and completely 